Welcome back, Wrestle Nerds. Victor Villain here. Let's see who's making their way to the ring. JP Set. Yes, sir. Mischief, you heard? Oof. And we not alone, gentlemen. We got another one for him. Another shooting the ish. And ladies and gentlemen, he is Mr. Four Titles in Four States, the ultimate finesse. He's also your current reigning FSW heavyweight champion, dashing Chris Bay. Talk to him for a minute. How you doing, man? Man, I, I wish I had as much energy and hype as you guys did on your intros, but you're a busy I'm, man, I'm here, man. man. See, this is what I, happens I when you're here. comfortable on the West Coast, man. This is what happens when you out here in Jersey in the cold. We gotta get hyped to stay warm. <laughs> Yo, look, don't go Sunday. We out freezing, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, yeah, nah, man. I, I, I ain't even. Uh, Look, I ain't messing with that cold weather. Y'all can keep it. You know what I'm saying? We're over here in Vegas. Nice and warm over here. Nice and gets a little cold. Not too cold. I'm talking about, what, maybe 50, you know? Easy. When I would give 50 right now. Shit. A testicle. I'll be watching shorts. I'll tell you that. But, hey, man, why don't you tell the fans who may not know, man, a little bit more about yourself? So, yeah, man, my my name is Chris Bay. I'm from uh, Alexandria, Virginia. That's where, if you guys know, when I get announced for the ring, it's from the Bay Area AVA, the AVA standing for Alexandria, Virginia, the Bay Area being where, wherever I'm at, whatever area I'm in now. The Bay Love area. it. Like Love currently, it. Currently, I'm sitting in the Bay Area. Since you guys are, we're on the line together, we are all in the Bay Area right now. Okay. Okay. That, that's how that goes. But, um. Yeah, man, I'm just a, a kid from from Virginia, bro, who saw wrestling when I was when I was three. I got five older brothers, six older brothers. Um, just an endless, endless amount of older brothers that I grew up with that, that watched wrestling. Parents so didn't I, watch uh, much TV, huh? I, exactly. Yeah, you know, and uh, <laughs> and, and uh, <laughs> I had to take a sip of that water real quick. Hydrated. You good? Uh, but um, I thought the joke got him. Just one of those. Oh yeah, nah. You got me. I'm a professional. I stay, I stay on track. Um, okay, okay. Yeah, nah, man. I'm just a guy who who wanted to be a pro wrestler ever since I first saw it, and then uh, I got to a certain age when I was 20, when it was time to make the the dream reality, and I moved to Vegas and started training at Future Stars Wrestling under Kenny King and uh, you know uh, tag team called the Whirlwind Gentlemen and uh, people like Sway Thompson and. Uh, D'Lo Brown and uh, you know Sam Bodie, the, the list goes on and on of the people I, I was fortunate to train under my in my, my beginner days. Um, but yeah, and then uh, here I am now, three years later, uh, just trying to do the best I can in the, in this sport, you know. Wow, in a very loud three years they have been, my friend. You've been to pretty much every damn near every promotion there is to be at, man, and uh, you've made quite a name for yourself. Um. We like to we like to talk about wrestle dads here when we interview our, our guests, and um, I would love to know who who really took the time and effort to to help you know make you or help build you. Um, as far as anything, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who, who's the yeah. person that guided you? Like we call them wrestle dads. Who was your wrestle dad? 
Essentially, who kicked your ass the most and picked you back up? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, I, I would probably say if, if that's the case, it would be Swade Thompson for sure. Mm. Um, mm. He, uh, I think it's a mixture of uh, him living here in Vegas and also him seeing something in me that uh, maybe he uh, saw with like-minded people who've come before me or maybe he saw it himself once upon a time. But I know mm. from the moment I first met him, I've told this story before, um, and one day the story will be a lot more famous than it is now. But when I first hey. met him, he um, he saw me wearing my Lucha gear, and I got off the Lucha like some already pre-made set, like you know the tights that got like the uh, the chick and the star and the mushroom on the side type deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the already the pre- the tiny store set. shit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So he walks up to me and he goes, uh, "Where'd you get that gear?" But he's like got his nose up at me and like. Before I can even say Elucha, he's like, Elucha, right? And I'm like, yeah, he's like, yeah, it's trash. I need to get you some better gear. And like, he's just like, yeah, man, like, if you need a gear guy, like, I'll, I'll link you with my gear guy. Like, okay. he's like, what's your, what's your goals in wrestling, you know? And this is, and it's funny now that I think about it because I just saw the picture on Facebook, but that was actually three years ago today that this conversation took place. And, um, Wow. I just remember because we're we're doing a show um at Sunset Park here in Vegas and it was about to be like my third match ever. And uh the match was terrible. We're not gonna talk about the match. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> once once again I was still two months into training, so it's very oh, wow. it was very fresh to me. Um I, I got put out there real quick. But he he was the first guy to like take me under his wing and start uh telling me stuff with character development and um then he even uh took me on the road with him first. The first time I went on the road to uh was to Championship Wrestling from Arizona, mm-hmm. uh, television uh company out in Arizona and uh it was because there was an extra spot in the Swade's car and he excuse me, had put in a good word for me and uh I got a spot there and kind of the rest is history, but um he was like most hands on for sure. Well man, it, it's crazy to hear, you know, two months into training you already have matches like you're definitely a natural. Uh, I mean, that's the reason I would say you're excelling to this point. Within three years, the amount of accomplishments that you've had. We've interviewed a lot of people on our show, and I can tell you that within three years, they have not accomplished the things you have. Um, I'm very curious, what, what kind of athletic background did you have prior to professional wrestling? Nothing, man. I, uh, I suck what? at sports. I, I'm terrible at everything. No shit. Of, Are you kidding me? That. Nah. Yeah, man. I, I can't catch a football. I can't shoot a basketball. Get I can't kick a soccer ball. I suck at sports, man. I um. I, so you you hit you didn't even wrestle in, in high school? No, and I'll tell you why. I, um, I, I when I was probably like ten till. I was 16, 17, I was skateboarding. Uh, okay. I was hardcore into the skateboarding scene. Um, okay. And, uh, and skateboarding was like the first thing that got me out, out of the house and to do something. Um, especially, and it was the first thing I got to dedicate myself to the same way I dedicate myself to wrestling now. But uh, it was uh, my first pastime there. But I stopped skateboarding when I got around 16 because I started to get better which meant things started to get more dangerous and the stairs started mm. to get bigger and the handrails started to get longer. It, it was one of those things where I had a lot of self-assessment with myself and I thought, like, do I want to continue uh, skateboarding and risk injury to the point where I'll never get to try to wrestle? Or do I want to take this time now to quit skateboarding and try to uh, maybe start lifting weights and start building a physique for wrestling? Because I was probably like 110 pounds, you know, I was a real small kid. Um, and, uh, Sports are never for me. Like when people, I can't, I can't even watch sports to this day. You know, like uh, I have friends who play in the NFL or uh, 
wherever, you know, uh, college basketball players and hockey, whatever it is. But I personally, I just can't really get into sports. But when people used to ask me when I was a kid, like, oh, so you don't, you don't like sports? I was, I was like, man, I like, I like wrestling. You know, I like the fake shit. If that's, if that's, if that's <laughs> how you, you want to, if that's how you want to look at it, I don't like any of the real shit. I like the fake shit. If that helps you understand where my thinking is. But no, man, it was always just wrestling for me. That's my, my athletic background started from um, me just watching wrestling and uh, even as I first got into wrestling I wasn't the most athletic I, I kind of learned on the flips and, and, and tricks in like the first like maybe like from month three to month like uh, like so like year one was where I started learning on the flips Listen, well, man, th- you probably started much younger than yet and w- than that with five brothers <laughs> yeah, you probably... yeah, oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, what I'm saying we're hitting the people's elbow drops. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, yeah, you've been taking bumps and... since you were born, man. <laughs> yeah, especially in, especially in in skating. Especially like, skating. Right now. Yeah, skateboarding. <sighs> Listen, man. <laughs> you said it took you a month to learn the flips. I've been trying for 33 years, man. I still can't get a goddamn flip. So that's credit <laughs> to you. <laughs> I, I, I had some good teachers along the way. I had okay. some good guides along the way. Well, man, one of the most beautiful things about watching you perform is that you make it look effortless, man. So those teachers, but give yourself some credit as well. Yes, for sure. Yeah, appreciate that. And that, that means a lot to me because I put a lot into this. So it's nice to know that I'm not killing myself for no no uh, appreciation or entertainment value. No, I mean, just your resume speaks for itself. Impact, ROH, WWE, uh you know, uh, along with the mainstays like GCW, FSW, uh, FSW, PCW, I gotta ask, which is your favorite? Ooh, <laughs> I uh, I'm a huge fan of GCW right now. Okay, so, I'm, I'm a huge fan of GCW. You say. You, that's what you're hoping because you want to see me in Jersey more. That's what it is. That's, yeah. that's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah, you coming no, down? We head in there for sure. Yeah, right. He's like, uh, see you motherfuckers in March, April when it gets hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, de- I definitely am coming back soon. I'll let you know that now. I'll, I'll, right. I'll go ahead and 2020. I will be back. Um, some, nice. sometime in the first half of 2020 for sure. Okay. I, uh, but I'm what feeling is... GCW, man. I'm feeling GCW. What, what is it about GCW that calls you? Um, I think it's just a, uh, it. It's a locker room of guys who um, who want to every night feel a show, who want to every night go viral, and who want to just do something different. You know, um, mm. that and that's that's the key to all these locker rooms. Man. It's like, um, how do they make you feel? And um, I, like, I'm not a big guy for money. Like, of course we do this uh, and we get paid for it, and we want to make as much money and we sell the merch or whatever the case is. But I'm not strictly driven by money i'm i'm focused on my happiness because i've had money before and i wasn't happy so for me um i focus more on my happiness and a locker room like gcw just gives me that vibe where i'm happy because everybody's on the same page and i'm on everybody wants to um uh, put on the best performance the way i do and not to say that any other locker rooms lack that but it just hit different at gcw you know like mm. everybody just it just it just hits different, and then maybe it's a, uh, a fact that you know you mentioned PCW and you mentioned FSW, and I've 
most of those people I've been around, I've already been around in other locker rooms. GCW is like the first time where I kind of walk in the locker room and I maybe knew like three people, two people, you know. Mm. So everybody was new to me. So to still get that vibe with everybody being new to me, I just said something to itself about the locker room, you know. They hungry. Exactly. Everybody's so qu- hungry. Question for you, question for you. In, in comparison to that feeling you got in GCW, like – what would be a, a promotion that you had to start the the last different uh, feeling of, about a very stark difference compared to GCW? Um, as far as like uh, almost in a bad way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I don't have any uh any that come to mind. Uh, Good answer. It's not that I'm trying to. It's not that I'm trying to like avoid burying people because I honestly don't give a shit. There you go. <laughs> okay. Uh, All right. I'm about to say. That's what we talk about. Shit. <laughs> I mean, we're no, just, but I mean, we're listen, honest, it's real talk. If you, if you, paid, bro. Exactly. And, and the reality is, when you mentioned that, the first thing I'm thinking about is WWE, right? It's the complacency because yeah. you made it to the to the big leagues, right? And and unfortunately, yeah. that's where you see people leave here and then because they miss that hunger, right? They miss that that passion that drives the work right. that you guys yeah. do. So tell us, what? Yeah, what was your experience like in WWE? Yeah. Um, it was honestly, uh, the whole day just didn't feel real, man. Like, uh, and this, this is the first time I've, I've publicly, uh, sp- spoken about the experience. But, um, I had done extra work two times prior with him. Uh, okay. And, and, uh, I want to say it was either, when, whenever Elimination Chamber 2018 was, uh, whether it was January or February, mm-hmm. uh, at the start of that year, I had did, um, extra work for them then. And if you're like one of those little trial matches in the stable center before, you know, the show starts where you kind of just wrestle in front of the roster and get looked at. Um, and then that was like my 60th match. Like that was when I was one year in. So wow. even wow. Was like every, everything has gone so fast for me. And then, um, last year in December, I did extra work again when they came to, uh, um, San Diego and then for Vegas for a SmackDown. And that's where I had, um, Got to hang out with uh, Kofi and Xavier after that, uh, and uh, hang out and play video games and stuff with them later that night. And what? Marty the Moth nice. and w- Willie nice. Mack, we all. Um, I know it's somewhere on Marty the Moth's channel. You can find it on his uh, Twitch channel where we're all like live streaming, playing video games and stuff that night. Um, and uh, but uh, after those two times of WWE, those first two times, I um, because WWE was always my main goal. I didn't know about the Indies before I got into wrestling. Uh, only thing I knew about was was what Ring of Honor was. Had never watched it, and then I knew what Impact was because between like 2004 and then all the way to like the Hogan era of Impact, mm. I was I was watching Impact until Hogan came, and then I then I kind of fell off and I stopped watching and stopped kind of um, yeah just putting my putting my <laughs> time towards it as as a lot of people did, but um, I was always strictly WWE, bro. So like mm. um, when I got into wrestling. And I started having all this fun, and then I went and did the day of the extra work. Of course, okay, let's let's not um, let's not look at the reality of the situation here. I'm extra talent. I'm not on their roster. I'm not uh, a part of them. So of course, when I'm there, I'm not getting that full feel of like what it feels like to be a WWE superstar, be a talent under WWE. But those first two times kind of definitely made me think like, man, like I don't know if I could do this. I don't know if this would mm. be a place for me because. It's not. It doesn't seem as fun as all the other places I've worked. And then we and then we also say, yeah, it's supposed to be business. It's not supposed to be fun. Mm. But there's a happy balance of both. Um, and if anybody tells oh, you yeah. there, there's not, there's not. You know, they're lying to you, or they just don't know their shit. And that's just that's just the reality of it. Um, um, but uh, this time around, man, like from the moment I walked in to 
the moment I left out of the building that night, it just didn't feel real because um, not only was, uh, and I always am, not only was I treated with respect, but, um, you know, I got to see some of my friends who worked there, uh, got to chop it up with Kofi again, you know. Mm-hmm. Got some real solid like uh, game dropped on me by a couple of the guys in there on their roster who took their time to, you know, drop some some knowledge on me and stuff. And uh, awesome, then man. I got to wrestle in front of uh, my crowd, you know, in Las Vegas, in, in a building <laughs> that when I was moving here, I sat back and watched them do Money in the Bank here on the WWE Network. I watched that from my job in Virginia the month before I moved here, just thinking wow. like, entering in Vegas right now, the T-Mobile Arena, one day. I'm so that was the next next month I'm living in Vegas and one day maybe I'll wrestle in that in that arena and here I am. That was wow. a moment. <laughs> Needless to say, right? yeah. Now was, was there that? anything specific that you took from any of the any of those times that you worked with them that maybe helped you along the way or that maybe you still helps you to today? Um, I think uh, just the real idea of being comfortable. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a suit and tie kind of guy. Uh, okay. I can wear one. I do own one. I can wear one, but I just prefer <laughs> not to, you know, like. I, oh, so uh, we're the complete opposite. Speak for yourself. But I'm showing up in swim trunks and tank tops for the rest of my life. Uh, what water are you finding in Vegas? I'm at the day pool with it. You know okay, <laughs> okay, uh, okay, the, my man. Day pool with okay, it. but uh, but nah, man. I um, uh, I think comfort over everything because the first WWE loop, I was really out of my element. Um, the first day, I was really like stiff, and and it wasn't the suit. <laughs> it was just <laughs> me. Like I was just it's like you know when that old phrase "walking on eggshells." That's how I kind of felt there. To the point where this time, this last time we went, like your boy was just doing him, you know. Like mm-hmm. I was, I, I just, I just was me, and I've learned to be me everywhere I go because people will accept you for you, people will appreciate you for you, and if they don't, you shouldn't want to be around them in the first place. I'm, I'm not gonna put nice. on a fake face to get somewhere in life because at the end of the day, that's probably somewhere I don't want to be if I had to be fake to achieve it. And mm-hmm. I think that's the main thing I took away from the whole WWE thing with all my experiences there is just to be authentic and be you and they'll either watch you for you or they won't watch it. But um fortunately I got to go out there and wrestle as Chris Bay. Um instead of like, you know, Tyrell Johnson or some random Yeah, stuff, that was you know? interesting. I, I, I noticed got, that. Yeah, man, and that's huge for me in itself because, you know, Bay is uh my dad's last name. It's my it's my shoot last name, you know, my mm-hmm. real last name. So for me, it's uh, it's big because I got to do that for my family name, and I got to accomplish that. Growing up as a kid, my dad uh, took me to all the WWE events that would come to the Verizon Center in Washington, D.C., and then uh, nice. he passed away a couple months before I moved here to pursue wrestling. Oh, that was wow. kind of what got me off my ass to pursue wrestling. So to go out there and make my WWE debut as Chris Bay and have mm. a crowd full of people in Vegas chanting Bay, loud you know like that right there means more to me than anything else you know mm. so chris is that why when you enter the ring you point up to the sky you have a very unique entrance man when you hop onto the middle rope is you pointed to your father yeah 100 percent. that's what's up man that's yeah up. i uh you know not a day goes by where i'm not thinking about him and um i just uh and, and you know you know death is it's an everyday occurrence. People die every day, almost every second at this point. Um, but uh, 
we we never forget it. We have to take those moments with us. And I just always wish I could actually um, hear his, his reaction to things and get his reaction to things. But I know for a fact that I worked my ass off for everything I've achieved and every moment that I've accomplished. You know, like even after the WWE match, like I remember walking back to the locker room. The locker room was so far from where we were at. Um, and where Gorilla was, and I just remember walking in my phone being in the locker room, and I just remember thinking, like, man, like, my life is never going to be the same when I get back to my phone, and then I remember when I got back wow. to my phone, like, posting the screenshot, putting my phone on Do Not Disturb, and then I just, like, bawled my eyes out, man, because I just, I just couldn't believe, uh, I just couldn't believe that we made it, you know, because where mm. I'm from, people, people do not make it out, you know, I just had a best friend, one of my best friends, uh, passed away three weeks ago and then I just got the news oh, yesterday wow. that one of his best friends, another friend of mine passed away yesterday and yeah, uh, someone got shot behind my mom's house uh, a month ago now the week before my homie passed so where I'm from you know it's it's a real tough spot and a lot of people don't make it out of there so not only did I make it out of there but if I died today I made it to the top you know I, I, mm. I did that I, I my room was plastered with WWE memorabilia growing up and now, if you go on the WWE Network for nine ninety nine, cheap plug, <laughs> for, for, forever, forever, on October eleventh. You got royalty, baby. Sell that shit. <laughs> Talk to you, know, you know, forever. <laughs> yes, October sir. October eleventh, twenty nineteen. You will be able to go on the WWE Network and see Chris Bay versus Arya Divine. Wow. Wow! 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 What a story, you, man. You talked a lot about your childhood just now. Um. Who were some of your heroes growing up? I know Eddie Guerrero was one of the big ones, right? Oh, huge, yeah, for sure. Who yeah, else were you watching? I was, I was, so like, of course it goes in waves, right? Because like I said, I started watching when I was three. That's around 99. Yeah, I know I'm young, I'm young. I, <laughs> I, 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 I will say, man, you don't, sound as, you don't sound as young as you are, man. I give you that, man. You're very mature for your age. You have your head on right. I sound like an old motherfucker right now saying that, but that's, no, 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 you definitely, I understand now why you brought people the right way, why you've been able to progress, why you're getting pushed the way you are, man. You're about your business, talented, and you have your head on right, man. God bless, man. Well, well, th well thank you, man. That, that really does mean a lot, and it's, it's attributed to just, once again, that idea of me coming out here to Vegas to, um, to, to do this wrestling thing, and it was all or nothing. To me, there was no, um, well, if it fails, I go back home or, or there, there was no plan B. I'm a firm, uh, listener to like motivational podcasts and, and speaking. Mm. And I, I'm most of the people I listen to always say there is no plan B if you want plan A to work. So for me, mm. um, I need plan A to work. So I have to operate professionally. I need to move professionally. I need to make sure that I'm conducting myself professionally at all times and I'm handling business accordingly. Like I said, I can be free and I can do myself all I want. I can have fun all I want, but business has to be business. At the mm -hmm. end of the day. So I try, I try look to at, look at the how the how it's worked out for you, man. You've done so many great things and so many titles, uh, four titles in four states. Come on, three. And, yo, that's a lot. Yeah. You yeah, you it, you it, be it, one it, of it, it, you be one of our right? HBC alumni up in this building. <laughs> oh <Hey>. yes, <laughs> Hammerstone. Oh, Hammerstone, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we had we some had... fun with Hammerstone. Look, Hammer's, Hammer's, look, we'll talk about Hammer in a second. I want I want to get back to the question because ah. we never answered the question. Most we definitely. Yeah, that was my fault. We'll talk about Hammer. 
no, I, it was my fault because I, I tend to drift away. I get passionate about where I'm speaking out, but we're talking about people I grew up watching. So the first person that drew my eye was Triple H. Um, mm. Triple H, um, he was the first person I remember like that really caught my eye when I first saw wrestling. And then it was an era where I kind of liked everybody um, until I started to develop a little bit of identity where I was probably like, of course, like eight years old now. Uh, this is when Randy Orton was 24, dropping the Intercontinental title, becoming the youngest world champion. Nice. And I, was a huge, I was a huge Randy Orton fan. Like I, was, yep. like, I, I knew for a fact Randy Orton was going to be the guy to beat Chris Benoit. And then when he beat Chris Benoit, no one believed that I was the guy to believe it, but I was the guy to believe it. And, <laughs> um, oh, sounds, that Morton, sounds like a dream match. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> any, any, any day, bro, I would love to wrestle Randy Orton. It's, it's crazy how, um, how the world works these days and how much more attainable that becomes every single day. But, mm. um, there was him and then there's Johnny Nitro when Nitro first came up with Eminem. I was a mm. huge Nitro fan. Um, and then, uh, I love Joey Mercury too, but Nitro was my guy. And then he switched to John Morrison, like, even more so my guy. And around that time, my favorites had, transformed into Orton, Edge, and um, Morrison. So uh, it was like those three guys. And then um, Morrison, of course, left WWE, and then Edge retired. And Orton's still holding it down. Um, and now I don't really look at it the same way where it's like favorites or not favorites. But uh, uh, and it's been crazy because I've even gotten to wrestle Morrison now two times. So damn. Um, like that in well, itself, that's the talented uh, right there. Insane. Yeah, man, those are those are superstars when you say the word superstars you know you think of think of those guys right there mm. in my eyes at least no for sure i mean there's star power <laughs> right there and uh you're amongst them to be honest just looking at your resume again it's incredible uh you wanted to talk about hammerstone <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so i want to hear it <laughs> how was that Wrestling Hammerstone is a scary experience. <laughs> if, if, if we're if we're being frank, I uh I first wrestled uh Alex at a PCW demonized in October twenty seventeen. I wanna say it was on October sixth, um, twenty seventeen, or maybe it was October fifth. But um I remember um at the time he was the FSW heavyweight champion. So I had known of him and we had met when he comes to the Vegas and does the FSW shows. Um, when I came into wrestling, I knew the battle I was facing size wise, but, um, also I didn't know how it was going to go. You know, every, all my life people say, yeah, you're too small. And I'm like, well, you ain't wrong, but everybody over here is like large so i'm not going to be wrestling the large people i'm going to be wrestling the people my size and then i quickly realized the more talented you get and the the reality if you want to run places and you want to be champion you got to be able to go toe-to-toe with the top guys and if the top guys happen to be this size and that's what it is so lee versus hammerstone the first time oh man that was like one of the first times i really actually remember myself being nervous for a match and I don't remember whether it was because I was facing him or whether the fact that it was at PCW, maybe there was a thousand people there, but I was definitely nervous going into that match. And then we wrestled, we had a great match. Um, 
and everything went well. Uh, the next night, I won my first championship at FSW, being the tag team championships. And the next month, I wrestled uh, Alex again, one on one at FSW for the main event for the heavyweight championship. And then since then, we wrestled the year after at that same show uh, for the heavyweight championship, um, where I actually beat him that time with the help of John Morrison. Oh, yes, uh, yes, I have never seen that. <laughs> yeah, and we, we just recently wrestled each other two or three weeks ago up in Washington. I defended the without a car successfully champion that championship. I defended it successfully against Alex, but that was probably our very best match yet. And as it should wow. be, you know, the most recent. Yeah. And that was the first time that the uh, the roles were reversed also, because usually I'm the baby face, small guy going in against this massive heel. But for this, it was me being the heel <laughs> and <laughs> him being the baby face. And to be able to garner sympathy for a guy his size, when he's facing off against a guy like me, is a very difficult task. But we managed to do it. And he, uh, I, you can ask him, but I thought that was like... That match was so fucking fun, and I'd, I'd wrestle Alex a million times over. I'm sure we will wrestle a million more states. You know, we've, we've done it in three now, so wow. we're just tipping the iceberg with that. I'm so curious. What dastardly deeds did you have to pull off in order to go over as a heel? You said, what dastardly deeds do I have to do? Um, <laughs> yeah, to go over on him as a heel. Honestly, man, I mean, the way I finessed his ass, <laughs> I, 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 I kept it simple to the formula, man. The, the, okay. I won that. I won that championship by shenanigans with the referee. Okay. Um, and nice. I obtained this championship with shenanigans with the referee, but you will be able to see it once it comes out on IWTV. You know, in wrestling television, it will be available. Just know that he was finessed. <laughs> hey, hey, plug, plug, plug. Yeah, I heard it here. <laughs> and that's set to be a classic for, 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 you know, 10 years down the line when people are talking about the greatness of you and Hammerstone, honestly, that's one of the matches that people are going to look to. This is when it started. This is when that chemistry popped off. Because you two had chemistry, man. You made it work. Yeah, man. He, uh, it's cool, too, because we can see just the development in both of us as humans. You know, in the first mm. match, him looking like Triple H and me being, you know, yeah. 40 pounds just a year into the business. Like, you know, super green. And then now to where, you know, I've got a, a bit more confidence about myself, probably 30 pounds more muscle on me. <laughs> and then him <laughs> with the, the haircut and the, the jeans, <laughs> just a whole new style, a whole new, like, fight club type presence. And he's just always been a mega star. star. Since I first seen Hammerstone, I saw him as the epitome of a superstar. Like, that's exactly what I saw when I saw him. And I think that's why the pressure was so much on me, so much so the first time we worked was because I knew that that was a superstar. And I knew that if I didn't measure up to that to him in that match, then I wasn't a superstar. And I wanted so badly to be a superstar. Hmm. Wow. Changing gears. Uh, well, you know what? He, he, has like, he has a little bit more gold on his on his waist over at MLW, why don't you go chase over there and um, try to get that album for him, too? Ooh, man. that's interesting. You know, it's not a bad idea. It's funny. Everybody's talking about um, uh, Chris Bay AEW, Chris Bay Impact, Chris Bay NXT. Nobody's talking about Chris Bay MLW. It's a very, that's right. It's a very weird thing about that. I, um, and I, 
I can honestly say I'm a fan of MLW. I, uh, I have a couple of friends over there, you know. Okay. Uh, shout out and shout out Injustice over there, you know. Okay, you know, Injustice. My head and then and, and, and Jordan Oliver and, and hey. Coach that fucker stole my uh, soda. <laughs> Jordan Oliver. Yeah, man. <laughs> Still you know, you know, notice I knew exactly which one did it. <laughs> Yo, so the, the, the story goes, the story goes, he's in ringside before the event at, at a Capitol Wrestling event. And he's like, I'm about to open the soda. He's like, yo, you want your soda? Let me get your soda. He goes, I'm like, all right. <laughs> I give him the soda. And he's like shocked and shit. Like whatever heel fucking buffoonery is going to pull off, it went out the window. He's like, fuck, I can't do anything about this. <laughs> <laughs> you got jack for your soda, bitch. No, you can't work a worker. I went and got another soda. Uh, That's what happens. And you paid for two sodas. Stupid. <laughs> yeah, but I got a cool story. <laughs> it's, it's no nice things. Yeah, right. Changing gears a little bit. You've also wrestled a couple of other guys that we've had on, uh, Alex Zane and Blake Christian, mm, and. Uh, yeah. There are also two young guys that are coming up. Uh, the three of you guys have just great synergy together in the matches that you've been a part of, even though uh, there have been like a lot of scrambles. You did have a, a match with Alex Zane. How's, uh, how's your chemistry working with those two guys? Um, honestly, man, it's, uh, it's, it's right there. You know, like I, um, I pride myself on being able to travel the country. And now that the passport came in the mail today, the world. Um, I try, I pride myself on being able to travel and work with anybody and have uh, chemistry with anybody. You know, I went to um, uh, Connecticut a couple weeks ago. I was in uh, Rhode Island and improv too. Yeah, there's a show in Connecticut. We're going up to all. You want to ride out? Yeah, sure, I'll ride out. Went out there and uh, wrestled a guy who was in the in the states currently from um, Italy. Mm. just getting his rounds, getting his reps, but his English isn't the best, but we still went out there and had a pretty good match uh, um, considering his English isn't the best, but that's the type of confidence I always try to walk into scenarios with. But mm. when I go in there with Alex Zane or with Blake Christian, not only are you guys just already, you know, just as good if not better than I am, but once again, we see eye to eye. It's the same thing I was talking about earlier with that GCW roster. We all see eye to eye. We all want to go out there and go viral and pull internet numbers but at the same time we all want to go out there and make magic and have a, have a match that like no one has ever seen before uh, with these competitors that people have been yearning to see together and if they haven't been yearning to see these people together now they're going to be uh, asking for it from this moment going forward so I, th I just think we're all on the same uh, page as far as our thinking goes so that already once we step into the scenario where we have to work together it helps um, benefit the match more than if we just were in going trying trying to go into business for ourselves. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, what has been the match that you've just enjoyed being a part of that you, that you look back and you're like, yo, that shit was a fucking blast. <laughs> I had a lot of those <laughs> this year, man. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But the one that, that made you, you laugh, laugh. yeah, that that's one. one. That's the one. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, wait, what happened? What was the the one, the one that made you laugh like that? That's the one I want to hear about. <laughs> oh man, I honestly, bro, I as I'm trying to think, I got um, I got man, it's like. 
it's it's always a scramble for me. Like when we talk about as far as like, yeah, okay, I had a lot of fun with that. I think the match, um, the first time I wrestled Morrison was a triple threat, me, him, and Cage uh, back in uh, September, I want to say September or October. Yeah, September 2018. And uh, I just remember, like, having a lot of fun with that match. Like, and I don't know whether it was the fact that I was going out there against one of my idols or whether the fact that we got Brian Cage in there to just throw me 10 feet high in the ring um, at any moment. But, uh I just had a lot of fun with that. And then if we're not talking about that match, like pretty much any tag team match I have when me and Swade are doing the double platinum tag team stuff, that's always fun because like I can go out there and not have a clue what like is on the agenda. And me and him just kind of like lock eyes. And it's like, I remember one time we, uh, we, we hadn't done a championship wrestling in Hollywood in a few weeks or maybe a month or two because I had been booked elsewhere or whatever the case was. And I remember like, coming back and I remember just kinda of like not even being in it when we were behind uh you know, behind the scenes and you know, on music hit and we came out, did the whole entrance and everything was in sync. And I remember we got in the ring and I remember like walking up to him and being like water and he was like, What? And I was like, Water and he was like, What? And I was like, Bro, it's just water, bro. I was like, it's just easy like that, bro. Because uh, I was just like I, we we locked eyes and I was like, Okay, I know exactly what's going on right now, bro. It's just like it's water right now. Like every time I'm in the ring with him, it's just constantly like jokes in there and like comedy selling at the same time well you know we take it serious but it's it's always a good time there's always just some fun wild stuff happening in there we always every match we have we get to go back and pick out something that just makes us laugh you know on the on the drive home or on the flight home whatever it is and that's the crazy thing man when 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 you having fun in the ring man the fans feel it that when you talk about authenticity that that we we feel we we feel that vibe and that's when we have fun as fans ourselves man Mr. You mentioned you mentioned that match with Alex Zane. That was GCW, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So GCW, they're kind of known for like their violence and you know their their shoot wrestling for for like they had a blood sport a while back. Word. Um, are you? Are is that some? Is that like a genre you're interested in? Like is that is that a match type that you you see yourself doing? Like the death, death match, match stuff, or the extreme rule stuff. Um. My name is Chris Bay, and I am not interested in the death match. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Gates could keep it. Yeah, hey, all, all, the, all the respect in the world for those guys, but uh, it's not my style. I, uh, hey, I just, uh, yeah. even, even, even from a visual standpoint, I've never been able to uh, even watch those matches and, um, you know, get into them as a fan or watch those matches and, like, uh, find myself, like, super – uh, just invested in general. I can't like I can't even sit through one, even if I'm just like even not if I even if I'm not like okay, I'm not a fan. I just want to watch this though to help support the homie. I can't even sit through one, man. I'm mm. I'm not I'm mentally. I don't even know whether it's a mental or just uh. I just I can't stomach it. You know, like mm. when I got into wrestling, the stuff that attracted me to wrestling was the characters and were the storylines and the uh, the uh, entertainment behind it. Seldom was it one of the uh, the grudge matches where it was a fucking hardcore match or where it was something wild, you know, where someone had to be bloodied. I I enjoyed it when the time was right, but I was never like a a huge mark for that stuff. I was never I was never big on the the gore part of everything, you know. So mm. It just doesn't it just doesn't identify with me, and I I value my body. Um, not that they don't value their body, but I value my body to the degree where I would like to. Still want you know one day be a Calvin model if I if I fucking want to you know like, mm. <laughs> if I want to yeah. 
if I want to, and I, if I want to show off my my physique that I work hard for in the gym, and some nice underwear and get some women attracted to me. <laughs> is this another I'm plug? Kinda, I'm, <laughs> yeah, you, you damn right it is. It always, is. it always is when you're on a platform. You use that. You know it. And you, you say Smart. what you gotta say, and that. That's my pitch right there. So in case y'all listening over at Calvin, I got your drawers on right now. <laughs> you know what I'm They're comfortable, you know what I'm saying? They're affordable, and I can get you some sales if that's what you need, you know? Well, well interviewing with us, you're going to get a fucking sponsorship with Tanguita, because <laughs> you'll you get something. <laughs> we'll find you something, Chris. So safe to say, Chris Bay it, it finds value in uh, longevity within the professional wrestling. <laughs> yeah, 100%. 100%. I, I've I've said since I started that um, the wrestling was everything I wanted to do. And now that I've um, done so much in this three years and my dreams have deferred because it used to be, yeah, I want to be a WWE superstar. And now it's just, um, now it's just, uh, I want to be one of the best wrestlers in the world. Um, but since probably year one, my thing has changed into, I would like to wrestle for a full 10 years and retire at 30 if possible mm. um, in ring competition just because um, I would like to, you know, leave outside of wrestling, maybe focus on my music, open my own gym, uh, my own clothing line, my own photography company, uh, and be able to just, you know, maybe get married, start having a family and actually be able to be there and not be on the road and not be taking bumps for the rest of my life. I feel like... um. I feel like I have a lot to give to pro wrestling, and I can give it in this next seven years if I uh, if I do it the right way. And wow. um, you know, cards always something you change. You know, you see it all the time when people say, "Yeah, they're gonna leave and then they come back." Uh, this is just kind of the way I've been planning it, and the way I see it, if I can accomplish the rest of my goals in the next seven years, and I've been able to do this in the first three, then I had to just been slacking the last seven. You know, mm-hmm. that's the way I see it. My work ethic has not changed except for the fact that it's gotten better and better and I work harder and harder and I get up earlier and I train more and I'm, my work ethic has only increased so I don't see my uh my rate of success declining anytime soon and let me tell you man I, like JP said man we, we've interviewed a few people on here man cheap plug uh but let me tell you with high risk comes high reward and what you put through what you put your body through man it ain't it ain't easy and to be honest no, I haven't heard anybody else say that they had a plan like you do or you, or at least a well-thought-out vision of where you want your career to go because yeah. you got a plan, you, do, you got man, an exit strategy. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> you need it. You need it, man. You definitely need it. And that's, yo, you definitely got your head on straight, man. And, and yo, Godspeed to you, brother. Thank you, man. I appreciate that, brother. So, we, we, we have to, you know. You you gave us a lot to unpack in, in oh, what you just yeah. said. So yeah. open up that dance. Yeah, hold on. I, I'm <laughs> I'm gonna try to navigate it a little bit. You talked about the the, the you you alluded to the the landscape of wrestling and, and whatnot. Where does Chris Bay see himself? Right, we kind of threw MLW out there. We talked a little bit about WWE and GCW and how much fun that is. You know, you you've got your your graphs in, in a lot of different places. What 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 do you feel about Chris Bay and this? expanding rapidly expanding wrestling landscape because we got AEW and nwa and and all these other things where do you see yourself Um, i see myself uh i see myself on one of these platforms for sure um 
and I will explain what I mean by that instead of just being like, you know, these are the platforms we, we go to. I um I a hundred percent am a television wrestler. Uh a lot of the stuff I've done independently and the shows I've done independently, I've I've had some, some killer moments for sure, but I'm a character at heart. Uh, I grew up watching television wrestling, as we all did. I grew up uh, emulating characters. I'm a I'm a television wrestler. If you've watched Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, and uh, you've seen my uh, persona on there, the the uh, way I interact on there, that's what I'm looking to transfer over now to my singles competition to a television platform. So where I see myself right now is at one of those companies, um, whichever. Should I decide? Um, have I not already decided? Because uh, we don't know, right? That's true. Yeah. Wait a minute. Um, here, 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 here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, um, there's, there is a place where I will be going. Let's say this. There is a place where I will be going Ooh. and where I'm headed. I am bound and focus on my television persona that's that's the, key. Okay. The, re- the wrestling will continue to involve it's now uh getting the character and the personality to transfer through the screen that i'm looking to um capture i'm looking to uh become a household name when it comes to progress we can't yeah. wait and we cannot and, wait and with that and with that i still stick true to what i said prior where i said i'm in the next five years I will be one of the best wrestlers in the world. My name will be on the list of one of the best wrestlers in the world. That will go from the wrestling standpoint, and that will also go for my character and what I plan to do, uh, entertainment-wise with a persona. I don't want to. I don't want to just be a wrestler. When I grew up watching wrestling, wrestling, I wasn't attached to the wrestling. I admired yeah. it. I uh, obviously because I like people like Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho in my younger days, and technicians like uh, Triple H or whatever. I um. Of course, I appreciated the wrestling aspect, but I never was like, yeah, these are cool moves I want to do or stuff like that. Like I told you, I didn't learn how to flip until I started wrestling. The real thing I wanted to do was be a character and to be on um, television being a character. So now that my style has changed and I've evolved and I've gone out and done the indie style for a bit, um, it's now about that, that, that finding that great merge and being a top talent, a top character, and also one of the best wrestlers in the world. Mm. Oh, here at HPC, we love a good character. Absolutely. We feel like that's missing, actually. Uh, a lot of uh, wrestlers kind of focus on the wrestling part and not as yeah. much on, like, character development, storylines, you know, the little things, uh, facial expressions, you know what I mean? Um, that's the entertainment stuff, part. the important stuff, exactly. That's what I remember. I mean, you know, every time like Eddie Guerrero would put off some slick shit and then like watching the face of the other guy and and the ref and that was what I loved. I I, I wasn't crazy about you know the backflips and shit. I was like, oh, that's. I mean, cool. one can argue though, right? I mean, it is a little hard. Not not hard, but it's a little different when you're in the indies, and then it's also different when when you're on TV. So I mean, you do different things, yeah. right, for a live show versus a TV show, I guess, right? If every, that makes sense. Every time, every every time, it's a hundred percent different. It's night and day different. And if you haven't seen it, um, the stuff that we do at Championship Wrestling in Hollywood, I do implore you to um check out some of my work over there just to kind of get a, a taste of what I mean when I say uh, it's night and day different because uh the stuff I do over there is not at all how I wrestle on the independence. And um, I started there uh and was doing that stuff earlier than I was doing all the uh the big name indie shows. Um, so 
we're, we're definitely gonna uh, if you like characters you will continue being a fan of Chris Bay. I'll say that. Yes. All right. Let's get it. And Chris. Before, before we keep on, one more question. Uh, uh, you said music. Yes. yes. Music. What? Yeah. What? Uh, what kind of musician are you? I uh, dominantly was a rapper. Um, okay. For okay. the majority of my life, I recently, when I moved to Vegas, I put music on the back so I could put wrestling number one. And my plan was to basically, because my music was kind of just falling on deaf ears, and I don't think that it was because I was bad, um, because definitely like my last year of actually consistently making music, I was making some really quality stuff and working with some quality people. But um, I, I uh, it was just falling on deaf ears because I didn't have anybody to listen to. And where I was from, nobody wanted to actually be a supporter. Everybody wanted to be a hater. So mm-hmm. what I'm doing now currently by building my wrestling and building my social media with the other videos I make, whether it be comedy or whatever, um, I've just been building a fan base um, of people who will give my music a listen when it's time. And I announced uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago that when I hit 10K followers on uh, Instagram, I will be dropping a new single. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm nice. About, I'm, about 500, I'm about 500 followers away now. So I'm okay. estimating that. Probably like January or February, we'll be dropping a new single. Oh, let's get him some follows! Come on, oh, we gotta oh, get we them. You, you preview some of that stuff too, right? On your on your YouTube page, right? On your travel I, videos I, yeah, and stuff, yeah, right? And I, workout I, videos. I, I have, yeah, I have snuck some stuff in there. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Cool. <laughs> who who are some of your favorite artists that influence as far as your your, your skills as far as writing? When I first came in, uh, well, well, my grandfather used to sing. Um, he was an uh, entertainer. And he passed away, I want to say, in 2001. Okay. Uh, but he was an entertainer. He used to travel the world performing. My mom and uh, aunts used to go on the road with him. Uh, he used to perform with Elvis. Oh, wow. Classic. So music has always been a part of my family. Yeah, it's, wow. it's, it's iconic for real, for real. Like, I, I'd always thought Elvis was a myth until my mom had showed me these pictures of him <laughs> with my grandfather. You know, like, I always thought it was like a myth thing, but. Uh, That's wild. It's. Uh, See, see it's now, now it all makes sense. Like your family, you know, you moving out to to, to Vegas to to pursue your, this career. It makes sense now. Your family yeah. has a lineage of this. Exactly, and and it's crazy because not even I was able to see that until I came out here and have made this what what I've made it currently and what I'm making mm. it. But um, I, music has always been a part of me. I I technically made my first mixtape when I was six. Wow. Um, and, How do you uh, technically make your first mistake? Let's unpack that. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, yeah, we can, we can go back on it. It was a cassette. I made a cassette tape. Okay. Uh, about six. It was probably like five or six songs on there. And uh, I don't know where that thing is. But That's a whole Kanye mom. album now. I was the OG, bro. The OG. <laughs> but, uh, we know about yeah. the cassette tapes, man. Talk, talk to me. Had that nice cassette tape fucking rewound so many times. With the number two pencils on the side. Word. Right. Because those ridges got just the right fucking fit. (laughs) So, look, look, y'all losing me. I made that one mixtape on that cassette. Y'all losing me now. Me either. So, you lose. I don't know what y'all talking about. Me either. You don't know the struggle waiting on Hot 97 to press record. And then Funflex want to say, drop a bomb and shit. You got to wait. Nah, nah, nah. They didn't go that back. They didn't go that back. Nah. 
Yeah. 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 He was in the 2000s. Word. Yeah. He was, <laughs> we had Napster and shit in 2000. Like, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That time I went saying, back I to the 90s. My man. It was like. It was like 02 when I dropped my first mixtape. It wasn't that far away. We didn't talk about the 90s, but uh, no, nah, that mixtape. And then um, when I was like in ninth grade, I started doing it again, like consistently. I think between ninth grade and uh, senior year of high school, I think I dropped maybe 10 projects or so. I think wow. that actually was an eight year anniversary for me from when I dropped an EP called Still Humble eight years ago mm. uh, on 11 on 11 11 11. That's why every year on November 11th, I always tweet still humble. And, uh, you know, just it's just like my own reminder about that old mixtape I dropped. Um, but uh, I'm currently working on a project called, uh, it's called Dark Dreams and Shiny Things. And it basically just has, is the summary of my last three years moving to Vegas and how my life has changed and how um, it's a lot of uh, dark dreams still. And, and hard times, and, and but it's masked by a lot of shiny things, whether it be the chains or the watches or all these damn championships I got laying around. Hey, you know, like, got a jewelry lying around like right. in championships. You know, like, <laughs> it's, it's just it's just some real stuff, man. And uh, like you said, uh, I was a rapper. Now I'm singing a bit. I got a lot of instruments on this tape, and then I used to be influenced by people like uh, when I was like Lil Wayne and Cameron and mm. Cassidy and like. But now, like, I'm real heavy into, like, Drake and Post Malone and, like, uh, okay. a, lot, a lot of, like, a lot of the new wave, like, people catch my ear. And, uh, like, even, like, people like Young Thug, man, I love Young Thug. I think more so, um, rather than just being inspired by their sounds, I just, I just want to work with these people. And that's the way I've always, well, not always, but ever since I got into wrestling, that's the way I started to see life, whether, where there's no more separation between them and us. There's just an us and us and everybody. Mm. And, uh, that, so for me, like, I was in the car with someone the other day, and they know I love Young Thug, and he was coming to Vegas, and they were like, imagine one day you doing a song with him, and I was like, yeah, it'll happen. And they were like, what do you mean it's going to happen? I was like, it's going to fucking happen. What do you mean? Mm. What do I mean it's going to happen? Why would it not happen? Why would I not exactly. that a possibility when That's it's right. possible for it to happen? <laughs> of course. <laughs> if I, if I would have grown up with all my John Morrison action figures and the poster of him on my wall saying, yo, imagine how crazy it would be if one day, crazy if I if I could wrestle him. Nah, man, like I I made that You're shit there. more than once, you, you know, like you know, like because because when I got into it, I remember I met him at a show here in Vegas and he was throwing the show wrestling uh Kevin Cross in the main event and I was helping set up the ring and I remember uh thinking to myself like, Okay, he's on this show, I'm helping set up the ring. Next time I'll be on the show and he'll be on the show and then the next time Mm. That first time I wrestled Hammerstone at PCW, and Morrison was in the main event, but I was in the opener against Hammer. And I was like, "Okay, we're getting closer." And like, wow! You know, it eventually like kept getting closer, but that's that's just the way I see it, man. So like, there's a lot of people that I like listening to, like mostly, of course, Post Malone and Drake currently, but I just can't wait to collab with these people, man. Yo, and I, we can't wait to hear that because that's gonna be amazing, man. The crossover on that alone. Listen, I am I am for one looking forward to the influence of hip hop into the pro wrestling world, man. It, it needs to happen as long as we do. It's in there, but not enough. Would you? There's a lot of similarities. Feel, there's a lot of things. How would you feel about you recording your own like theme music one day? I um I people have asked me that question so many times, man, and, and the reality of it is, 
I've always said that I don't want the two worlds to mix for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality of what it is now that I think it is, man, it's just that uh, when that perfect song comes around, that I like that sound, it'll it'll be chosen. It'll be meant to be because there you go. it'll just it'll just be decided. You know, yeah, like, you're not gonna make a song it. for that. Yeah, exactly. I, I think Jericho had the same sentiment, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he didn't want to like make an entrance song. But he it wanted just so to happened. find yeah. it. Yeah. It just happened. Uh, that's, how, that's how I see it. That's I how I see it. That. I don't want to. I don't want to sit down and be like, "Oh, I'm gonna drop kick you," like, or have to like feel <laughs> inclined to talk about wrestling the song. I'd rather like have a song that I'm think is hard to bro. And then maybe Action Bronson does that enough. Shoot, <laughs> shooting the video or something, and I'm just like, "Yeah, this could be a wrestling thing," you know, and maybe. We'll just we just have to ride that one out to see. No doubt, Chris. Uh, I want to thank you, man, for your time. It and such an amazing, amazing interview, man. We appreciate you, man. And yo, keep grinding. But we we want to end this. We we always end it with a lightning round. We call it the round of chair shots. Uh, yeah. first thing that comes to your head, and mischief will take up. We'll take over. So do your thing, man. All right, man. So uh, the first thing that comes to your head. What is your favorite cheat meal? Favorite cheat meal? Yep. Pizza. Ooh, what kind? Ooh. Uh, have cheese, half pepperoni. Yeah, keep it, keep it, keep it calm. I must be doing shitty pizza, pizza in Las Vegas. I actually went for pizza when I was in New Jersey. When okay. I was in New Jersey, I did go for pizza. Pizza is fire. Uh, you have well, to. Next, have time, to. next time you in Jersey, New York, go pizza on us. Yeah, we got you with a pizza and a beer. Um, Sounds lit. Yeah. Uh, you put pineapple on your pizza? I do not, man. Yes. Good job. Good job. <laughs> What's your favorite I, movie? I, I, I might be I the only one that likes super kicks. I hate people with super kicks who put pineapple on their pizza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm going to get with a super kick. Super kicks, no leg slaps, bro. No leg slaps. <laughs> Talk to him. It's all foot on it. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> What's uh? What's your favorite movie? Uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the original. The original. Better than uh, Johnny Depp. Um, superpower. If you could, ha- if you could pick yours, what would it be? Um, let's see, invisibility. Creep. <laughs> you, you clearly know me too well. Right? <laughs> Yo, what is that? Uh, <laughs> who is a person you want to meet, either real or fictional? Um, damn, real or fictional? Wow, I I want to meet Phil because I haven't met this person. I just know they got a lot of positive energy. I need to meet right now because it would affect my life probably the best. I need to meet Post Malone right now. Okay. That'd be him or CM Punk. Oh. Um, what is the worst purchase you've ever made? Man, that's that's really a tough one because I'm cheap with my cash. I won't put my cash on anything that I know for a fact that I don't want or I don't need. Mm. So, so that means that when you did spend that money, you were like, "Fuck!" (laughs) (laughs) Basically, (laughs) I think maybe recently I tried to buy some like 
I tried to get some cheap, uh, cheaper AirPods off of on, offline. They were fucking terrible fakes. Like, <laughs> You're like, damn, now I spent like double this shit. Damn it, Amazon. Bro, I got them shits and threw them shits right in my wall, man. Wow. <laughs> that bad? Them shits are garbage. I feel like, I feel like they're like Walkman, like knockoff Walkman quality. Like it's gotta be be bad if it's a knockoff Walkman quality. Because Walkman was a knockoff to begin with. (laughs) That's what I'm saying, bro. That's what I'm saying. Wow. Imagine how bad it is. Uh, what is the dumbest way you've ever been injured? Um, probably the uh, the first injury I got in wrestling, just trying to learn how to hurricane honor. I just dropped Ooh. right on my head and subconsciously was my shoulder and oh, then I crunched my shoulder and bruised my shoulder real bad to the point where I couldn't even lift my arm and I had to sit out for uh, like five to six weeks. Wow. Damn. I'm glad you didn't get injured when the fucking ring came apart. I forgot about oh, that. Oh, wow. That, I saw that. that was, yeah. That was a scary one right there. That was, uh, that was very scary, but it was... Uh, just enough for me to capitalize off of it. Okay. Um, cal- okay. I'll catapult myself, you know. To finesse. To finesse. Exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, what is a useless talent that Chris Bate possesses? A useless talent? Um, yep. Uh, fuck. I know that. Man, Beatboxing. You, it's like, I, it's like, a... <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny because like I uh I know there's some stupid stuff that I know how to do that people don't expect me to know how to do and when I call it out like it's so random but I can't even think of anything right now. Like I'm trying to think <laughs> so uh right. I guess I can kinda juggle. Oh, you juggle? Uh, like lightly it's, it's useless. Never has it come to use. <laughs> Don't let what, GCW what, what find you out. You're gonna be juggling chainsaws and shit. <laughs> no way. <laughs> um, Mitch Hedberg. Yeah, right. Uh, but, uh, what's more important, the face or the heel? What's more important? Yeah, for you. Um, man, I, I, I know for a fact that the face is the important part, but the face can't get over without the heel. So, like, they're equal, they're equally important, man. Like, they're just equally important. One has to do their job in order for the other person to get the reaction that they need and vice versa. Um, I've been in scenarios where I've been the heel and I couldn't get what I needed out of the face. And it didn't work out. And I've been in scenarios where I was the face and I didn't get what I needed out of the heel. So it didn't work out. So like, I know how important it is on both aspects to, they both have to be, uh, top par, you know? Who, uh, what's your favorite role to play, the face or the heel? Um, I like to play the heel because I don't get to do it as much. And I've been a face for so long that places where I am heel, like on Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, uh, uh, that program and then up in one at what a cause without a cause in uh, Washington as a heel. Um, I've been a face for so long. I know exactly what my, what my uh, faces need in the ring. I know what they need from me in order to get the reactions that I'm talking about because mm. I've done it for so long and I've had people not give it to me. So I know exactly what they need. So now being a heel, it just is whole next level for me to be able to uh, 
be an asshole. Is <laughs> <laughs> that more fun to be an asshole? So much fun. It's fun to be bad. Yeah, I'm terrible. <laughs> Chris, thank you so much, man, for everything. Uh, what's one last message that you'll leave the fans with? One lasting impression of you? Um, my name is Chris Day, and I do not do death matches. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, honestly, if there's anything I want to leave people with, it's that this world is ours for the taking. You know, I'm just a kid from Virginia who all my life people told me I was too small to be a pro wrestler. In my graduation speech, I said that my name is Chris Day. I'm skipping college and in a few years, I'll be a WWE superstar. And everybody laughed at that video. Um, I'm, I'm just the guy who was told that I can't accomplish any of the things that I've already accomplished and through hard work and dedication and just believing in myself, I've been able to achieve that. You just got to be consistent. And once you start something, you don't stop and you have to keep going. You have to remember that everything you do is for a purpose. And, and if you don't have a purpose, find your purpose and just put in that work to become a better version of yourself and treat people with respect, treat people with kindness. You know, you don't have to let everybody into your life, but just be a, be a good person and you'll get good things and results. And if there's anything I want people to remember about me, whether it's just going forward or whether when I'm gone or whatever the case is, is that I'm just a guy who worked hard to do what he wanted to do and tried to help as many people as I could by offering good energy. And that's all I got for people is good energy. Mm. Well, brother, we for sure know you're going to continue making impact. Keep climbing that proverbial ladder to that brass rail, man. The sky's the limit for you. <laughs> thank you, guys. Chris, sure, thank you good. again for all your time, fun. man. Again, you weren't lying. Whenever you in Jersey, man, let us know. York, First Jersey, rounds on know, us man. and some pies, bro. Yeah, man, we we got it. I'm a, um as uh this year progresses, I'm pretty much got the majority of my dates going into um like April right now. But uh, okay. as this year progresses, I will be month by month posting my uh, locations and where I'm okay. at. So whenever it gets back around to Jersey, I'll make sure that not only will I post it, but I'll send you guys a DM. And we'll, uh, Sounds good, man. We'll, we'll make some oh, oh. Sounds good, man. Oh, Sounds good. Are you going to be in Tampa? And one more April? thing, just tell the fans where to find you at, where they can, where they can tag you at. Okay, yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Dashing Chris Day. That's B E Y, not B A E for all the single ladies out there. It's hey, B E Y, Dashing Chris Day. And I'm on Facebook. It's Chris Day. We don't have a fan page. It's my personal page. So, you know what I'm saying? Don't stop me, but it's all public. So you can still go on there and like everything, whatever you want. Um, yeah, that's where you can catch me. And you can catch me soon on one of those Mondays through Saturdays on a television platform near you. Hey. <laughs> Can't I'm wait. Sure, like, oh. I'm sure it'll be impactful. Yeah, <laughs> you like that, right? <laughs> you know, uh, real with that <laughs> yeah, bound for something. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Thanks again, man. Have Yo, a good Chris, night, this Chris. has been a blast, man. It's been a pleasure, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys so much, man. For Many real. blessings, man. Keep going, man. You, you on your way, man. For real, man. I, I really do appreciate you guys wanting to take your time. And- chat with me and stuff. All right. Have a good night, man. Have a good night, man.